You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. talking about Elvis Presley from Elvis in Memphis. In the room I have Rob, Hello. John, Ann, hey. and Ben. Shoop, shoop. From Elvis in Memphis is the 10th studio album by American rock and roll singer Elvis Presley. It was released by RCA Records on June 17, 1969. And from All Music Review, Bruce Etter. After a 14-year absence from Memphis, Elvis Presley returned to cut what was certainly his greatest album, or at least a tie effort, with his RCA debut in 56. The fact that From Elvis in Memphis came out as well as it did is something of a surprise in retrospect. Presley had a backlog of songs he genuinely liked that he wanted to record and had heard some newer soul material that also attracted him. And no, none of it resembled the material that he had been cutting since his last non-soundtrack album six years earlier. And he'd just come off of the NBC television special, which, although a lot of work, had led him to the realization that he could be as exciting and vital a performer in 1969 as he had been a dozen years before. And for what was practically the last time, the singer cut his manager, Tom Parker, out of the equation, turning himself over to producer Chips Momin. The result was one of the greatest soul albums ever cut, with brief but considerable forays into country, pop, and blues as well. Presley sounds rejuvenated artistically throughout a dozen cuts off the original album, and is supported by the best-playing backup singers of his entire recording history. Alright, what did we think of From Elvis in Memphis? I liked it, but did you just quote someone saying it was one of the best soul albums ever cut? Yeah, that's really... Yeah, Bruce Etter <laughs> from All Music. I mean, it's one of the best Elvis soul albums ever cut. <laughs> yeah, I don't quite ag- agree with that, but, you know. Yeah, that being said, I liked it. I thought it was good. I was surprised. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I knew that we w- he would show up again, Elvis, for at least one He's more time. Me. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so- we had Elvis... Elvis original. Mm-hmm. Elvis is back, baby, and now, <laughs> and now this. And I thought it was a, it just like the Dusty record. I thought it was a good return to a different side of Elvis. We're not yet in Vegas. Big, big yeah. karate Elvis. Karate Elvis. <laughs> That's the politest term. <laughs> yes. Uh, but this is his, you know, soul breakout and. There were a lot of good songs on here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Doesn't hurt to have that band either. Yeah, oh, they're fucking shit hot. Yeah. yeah, again, just like the Dusty from the same studio, 
yeah. it's like you know that Jerry Wexler Atlantic, sorry, not Atlantic, but it would be um, American Sound Studios in mm-hmm. Memphis, and the Cat Boys. Yeah, yeah. On this album, the Memphis Cats, because Elvis has got a lot more vocal energy than Dusty Springfield's delivery. You can sort of hear them really turning on the horns, turning on the guitars, really pushing it through, and they're and they do an amazing job. That's a good point. Like with that Dusty record, they kind of had to have a bit of a soft touch. Uh, that was kind of the the intent of the whole record. They open up a little bit more in this one. And I like it. Oh, yeah. Shoop, shoop. <laughs> yeah, it is a little... I mean, does anyone else feel like... Someone got their soul in my Elvis, you know? Not that Elvis doesn't have soul, you know, and he's he's always sort of blended rock and roll, R&B, country, some things put together a bit, but... OG Blender. O- OG Blender. Or o- OG Steeler and Smoother. Uh, yeah, that's a different way of saying o- o- blending. O- OG Inoculator. <laughs> you know, like, oh, I'll just take a t- chunk of that and stick it in where it's there, and now you're, you're fine with it. Because before, you couldn't deal with it, but now you can take it. Uh, and, and some of that, uh, it's, it's interesting to sort of feel that from him or, or have these elements coming from him because, you know, when he first came out, Everyone was saying, oh, he's shaking his hips and you got to shoot him from the waist up because he's just so sexual. But for, you know, our ears, most of the stuff he said or, or did early on sounded a little tame. But he's got a couple songs on here that are kind of dirty. <laughs> you know, yeah. like Power of Love. He's like, yeah, you can lick it. <laughs> <laughs> he does laugh after he says you can lick it. Yeah, and uh, Like, just if you didn't know that that was a double entendre, right, I'm yeah. going to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> just so you know. So it was, it was interesting to hear. I don't think it's disingenuous, and I don't think that it's uh, a hard break from, you know, things you could expect from Elvis, but it was an interesting new thing for me. Hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. Yeah, I I was I was pleasantly surprised at the entirety of the record. Um, I was really disappointed coming in here and finding out that my two favorite songs that I listened to on Spotify that I thought were on this record are absolutely not on this record. <laughs> Which ones are uh, those? Uh, Kentucky Rain and uh, Suspicious Minds. Yeah. Why would those... Why would you... Oh, whose call was that? What? To not put them on the record. What? Right? <laughs> Is even... What is wrong with these fucking people? Consistently, I'm disappointed <laughs> by the 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 want of, I guess, selling the single. I, yeah, I guess this, they yeah. still have that. But, but motherfucker, like, you know, pick a decent song off of it and then throw one of the uh, shittier songs as a B-side for the single, for Christ's sake. Won't that and get, won't that get you two with, like, sales? Wouldn't that get you, like, yeah, the re- single sale and the album Release sale? the single six months prior, you know, or four months or whatever, and then release the full album, which includes the single. You, you're going to double them. Yeah. But not maybe not double but there's going to be overlap. But you're going to get some overlap, yeah. which is going to boost album sales. I don't know what the logic of having a no a non-album single is. I, just, I don't. I don't. I know. don't know. I don't know. I hate it. Yeah, it was recorded in the same session, so I yeah, I'm not exactly sure what they were uh, doing. Although I did read that there was a there was some copyright dispute. Uh, during the production of the song, so that might have had something to do with it. Hmm. Hmm. Some of the production credit issue between Momin and whoever else or whatever. Yeah. It's like good vibrations not being on pet sounds. Right. Like, why though? Right. These like, iconic yeah, songs that you think it, should be here. It fits it fits right like both of those examples. Like it fits right in with the rest of the material. It's arguably the highlight of that material. Why keep them separate? Like yeah. they were, they were made at the same time. They're cohesive. 
I, I don't know to answer your question. Rob. I mean, consistently, this book has thrown out records that the only reason why the record exists in the book is because it had a single that was important. Right. And here we have another example of the complete opposite of it, where I, w- I would argue that leaving off of those two singles, like as good as this record is, like it, there's there's not a there's not a grabber there's, on here. There's one, in the there's, ghetto. Yeah, there's one big single on and, this, which is in the ghetto. And and what a single that one was. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's it's a strange one. I mean, it definitely is one that when Elvis was presented with it, he almost didn't record because he thought it was divisive. Mm-hmm. But it ended up being the big song, the single off this album. Only because the two better songs were not included. <laughs> right. Yeah. I guess he didn't have an out. Yeah. He yeah. could have. He could have just done Kentucky Rain and been, you know, no probs. Yeah. <laughs> Only the Strong Survive was a hit too, right? Wasn't it? Was that a single? Uh, I think it was uh, someone oh. else's hit. Like a couple of these were were like the Uh-oh. year before's hit for the artist who did them, and Elvis is like. Well, if they were a hit a year ago... Me too! Ha! <laughs> Jump right on it! <laughs> well, things move a little slower in the south, so maybe it hasn't hit these southern ears yet. As the snow flies On a cold and gray Chicago morning A poor little baby child is born in the ghetto And his mama cries Cause if there's one thing she don't need Is another hungry mouth to feed in the ghetto People, don't you understand Your child needs a helping He'll grow to be an angry young man someday I Take a look at you and me are we too blind to see? Or do we simply turn our heads and look the other Well, the world. Oh, I didn't like in the ghetto. I hated it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think there's like a there's a schmaltz throughout this whole album that I find kind of grating, and yeah. I'm not a big Elvis person, so like, I don't know. The production really worked for me on the Dusty album, but like with this, the way it's produced doesn't work like as well. Why know. do? Why doesn't it work? Because it feels schmaltzy. It's it's like he's a caricature of himself, hmm. which might be a result of like being exposed to Elvis. Yeah, like yeah, having always kind of grown up at my age, past way past it instead of. But like I just I don't know, man. Yeah, I had I had to I kind of wrote down that it, there's some grit on his voice it seems like he's a little bit strained yeah he's sick in, in a like purposeful uh way and it because he i guess he was staying up late and kind of um yeah he actually he actually had a cold yeah he was, he was sick for and you can hear it like sort of most distinctly on uh long black limousine he can't do the sustains he can't hit the notes where he's supposed to but it kind of it seemed like he had a forceful even on other songs, he kind of has a forceful approach instead of the, uh, you know, one for the money, yeah. you know, where yeah. it's kind of just a little bit of a jingle jangle. This is a little more like he's trying to project a bit more yeah. and it's not as sweet and uh, soulful as he's back. He he's back was like a very controlled Elvis 
And this feels a little bit more well, like he, he's trying to imit probably imitate soul singers a little more, get a little more like. And, and he's back. He had been working with a vocal coach, right. which mm-hmm. brought his like range like way the fuck up yeah. Yeah. F- from where it was before. And yeah, and th- this is he's definitely not like <laughs> going for those uh, those higher yeah. higher, higher hits. Uh, I don't know yeah. schmaltzy. Well, I think I can. I can. I guess, yeah, I, I get it. What right. if What if Elvis had lived long enough to do a Rick Rubin record? Like, <laughs> oh, do it. Like, do like an American, American recordings. Like stripped of all schmaltz, just like talent and song selection, minimal production. Do you think that would have been cool? I don't know because he, he he has like he still has the Elvis voice. You can't really get away from that. He yeah. is the schmaltz. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. It's just not my thing. It's what, it's right. what makes the soup taste good. I think he definitely has charisma. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, Elvis, it seemed like he he's kind of a natural performer in a certain way. But yeah, does does him being in, in Memphis, does it, how, well, how guess... much does it does it bring? Like, we're going from, like, what year was He's Back, Baby? Was that, like, 59, 60? 60. Yeah, I think it was 60. So, now we're nine years later. We're nine years removed from the last time we've heard him. He's done, he's done all movie soundtracks and, since like, then. It's and like, I'm not personally, other than, like, whatever the big songs from him were, I'm not personally familiar with what his style was before he decided to go to Memphis. Like, since 1960, but pre-Memphis... Like, I'm assuming that him going to Memphis is a, a step in the right direction. Like, yeah. Getting with all the, like, getting, like, with, uh, you know, like, this band and, and the production and, and stuff. And I do like this record. But, like, I, I don't have that, like, A-B to see, like, this is where he was a year ago and this is where he is now. Uh, which, I don't know, like, it, it, it would probably influence my opinion of how much he changed going to Memphis, you know? I think a lot of it is him trying to get away from all that movie soundtrack kind of yeah. pure commercial, pure garbage. And mm-hmm. but he still has the taint, <laughs> the taint of of clam bake and the taint of whatever other uh, jailbreaker. I don't know. I don't know if these are actually names. Of, <laughs> I was uh, trying to figure out what you were saying. Movies. I don't, I'm, I'm just naming. You. I'm just naming I, I movies believe, that I, took I think you 100% are his. Jailhouse Rock. Jailhouse Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was uh, like, oh, Blue he probably was in one called Clam Bake. Yeah. I, I have no reason to not believe John on this. Yeah, a bunch of the beach like. Uh, yeah. yeah, there was Blue Hawaii, and I think there was a another beach one. Right. So you're trying to get away from that, but you know it's right. This is the first thing he does after all of that, so it, it some of that probably seems stuck to him. Seems like a little exciting, though. I mean, more fresh. Oh yeah, no. This is what this year is... was his like OG Christmas record with like Blue Christmas on it and stuff. That's a good question because I like every song on that record. Yeah. Well, uh, and then and then from the boost, well, you also from this... like Christmas music. I do so... like good Christmas music, and I think Elvis's Christmas record's good. The, the boost from this album is what sent him into Vegas, Elvis. Yes. And so, you know, someone's Shunky saying, Elvis. I heard that schmaltz, let's do it yes. <laughs> much, much more. Let's put it on stage. Let's get 14, Stick some 000. rhinestones to this band. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's covered in chicken fat. They'll slide right on. <laughs> For those that don't know, schmaltz is chicken uh, fat. Yes. <laughs> it's what makes the soup taste good. It's what makes the soup taste good. good. Uh, Blue Christmas was 64. Okay. At this point, like, uh, after 68... Uh, 
when he was talking to Steve Bender, um, who I don't know exactly what Steve did for, was that one of his managers or something? Uh, who fucking knows? Uh, but 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 he said said to him that he would never sing another song that he doesn't believe in, and he's never going to make another movie that he doesn't believe in or don't. Uh, in in the parlance of Elvis's, yeah, because he he's just tired of the yeah. Every every album album had to have a. a it was like the Beatles thing where, uh, you know, Hard Day's Night. It was like. Okay, now we're doing the movie. Now we're doing the album. Now we're doing the movie. We're doing the album. And he was like, I think he just got tired of that. He was, yeah. he was like, I am a performer. I know I can be a performer because they put him on this CBS special, and everybody loved it. And he decided, okay, and let's, just like- let's do a real record. Get musicians in here. And I've been collecting these songs that didn't really fit in with what I was doing before. Yeah. Re reimagine my sound, and from here, go to Vegas. You know, do the whole the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. So all it's of the- a turning point, I think, on this album. This yeah. is like a crossroads album where he he could have just continued to milk the uh, the you know diatribe of of stupid movies where he just did a single mm-hmm. and the, he went this way. The the schmaltz is Elvis. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you it, it, it can't be. Even if they did a Reuben thing, you couldn't yeah. remove it. Right. It, that, that's just what he is. Yeah. Just a hunk of burning love. <laughs> yeah. He that's sure his is. charisma. So it's, yeah. either, I, I feel like, I feel like Elvis has always been sort of this divisive character where either, either you're kind of on board or you're, or you're not. It, it I feel yeah. like, I feel like, you know, that's the fans, you know, right. of, of uh, Nashville, Memphis, you know. Either Elvis or not Elvis. Having watched some of his uh, Vegas like stuff, like uh, I'm absolutely on the Elvis side. <laughs> that motherfucker perform. <laughs> How much Elvis did you hear in in Vegas? Any? Um, you know, I don't think I heard a. a no, I had to. Have. <laughs> I no, there was drunk ladies singing Elvis next to me at the oh, of table. Of course, uh, but I didn't see an impersonator or anything. Huh. I'll break it. Burn it, drag it all around, twist it, turn it, you can't tear it down, cause every minute, every hour you'll be shaken by the strength and mighty power. The song we're listening to right now, uh, "Power of My Love," I, <laughs> I thought was I thought was great. It, I'm I'm a big fan of the Cramps, and it kind of reminded me of that cramp, like the cramps, oh, totally, like, totally. a bit of like dirty, like yeah, like the the way his his vocal inflections has got that kind of vibrato and everything, and those those horns that kind of kick in. I loved it. It was it's definitely a standout track for I me. I think so too. Yeah. Uh, the other ones I liked were True Love, Travels on a Gravel Road, and Any Day Now, which are all B-sides. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any, uh, There's a cool clavinet part in his version of Gentle on My Mind. Ah. That, that first, uh, the first track? 
Uh, no, no. It's actually the one that's about to queue up in track my headphones. Hmm. The, fr- the first track, I couldn't tell if that was just a shit-hot lick on a guitar or a clavinet going... Was that a, is that a, that's dob- a guitar. Is that a dobro? Yeah. I don't know about that. I, I heard... But I heard... A, it definitely yeah. is a guitar. Yeah. 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 And that's on the wearing that loved on look, right? That's the, the lick that you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. 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 Yeah, there are definitely some some tracks on here that I'd never heard before that I thought were really good, and I'd agree that True Love Travels on a Gravel Road is it's like a really good song. Yeah, it's got a nice sentiment. He does a good delivery with it, and I'd never heard it anywhere else. Yeah, I feel feel like this falls a little more on your like uh, country. Like it's yeah. got a bit of country, a couple songs, like yeah. three or four. Well, like this song that we're listening to, "General on My Mind," that's got that little clavinet part. Yeah, I think that Glenn Campbell wrote it. He at least made it, recorded it first. I think Gentle on My Mind is one of three country songs that have been on the Billboard charts for more than 21 weeks in a row. So, like like the different is, versions of it? No, or the, the, the Glenn Campbell version. Like when it came I love out, the it Glenn was, Campbell was, version of this it was song. Like, that was a like ultra country banger. Is it, Gentle on My Mind, and then so is... Uh, heck yeah, it's an ultra country banger. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll Hold You In My Heart is also apparently one of them, and then like I forget, there's, there's, there's only a few yeah. that have been on there for like a huge chunk of time. Uh, tasty baseline. Yeah. 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 The performers are great. Is that, is this the same bass player you think that that was playing on some of a preacher man? Cause that's also very tasty baselines on that one. I don't know. It could be same studio. It definitely could be. Um, I don't have the track by track breakdown though. Uh, does anybody want to expand a little more on In the Ghetto? Do you guys even want to talk about it? I mean, it was a cold and gray Chicago morning. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I, that is one of the strong, or, sorry, that's one of the songs that I always, it makes me feel weird. Because, one, it's Elvis, and it, it's like a privileged person talking about, like, the strife of, of Chicago. Now, he never implicitly says, say, says a race. But he does say ghetto. Yes, but it's ve- I think it's very implied. I mean, ghetto is mm-hmm. a racialized term. Yeah. yeah. Especially in 69. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, not written by him. He thought it would be d- divisive if he sang it, so he w- didn't know if he was on board. What do you guys think of that song? I just feel so... I feel strange, it's... because I feel like anybody should be able to perform any song, but at the same time... There's an awkwardness to There's it. There's an awkwardness. I, I, I don't, to me. I don't find anything like. I, I don't find it to be grating or like. It's it, not it, offensive. It, it doesn't offend me, but yeah. I, I feel the same. Like, now that I know it's the last song on the fucking record, it's the same way I feel about that Joan Jett record where she ends with Little Drummer Boy. And I'm just like, <laughs> what the fuck, Joan? Why, why are you closing out a song with this? And that now I feel the exact it's not same a way good about this. Match, no, right? it's not. It yeah. really isn't. And that's, I think that's a lot of what grated on me about it. It's just like, I, he doesn't feel this song, he doesn't have any express interest that I know about in any kind of inequality and strife stuff. And like, it just doesn't, doesn't seem like something that he believes in enough to make an art piece about, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. So Mac Davis wrote that song and he hated how he said ghetto. (laughs) He he was like, you just perform at ghetto. Don't say Ghetto. <laughs> and then he realized that it was on the radio and he was making tons of money and he was like, forget it. Yep. <laughs> Heals all wounds. <laughs> Ghetto it is. <laughs> uh, 
All right, let's go around the room. How does everybody feel about it? Anybody want to go first? It's my favorite Elvis record. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, Elvis Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it's my, your favorite non-Elvis Christmas record. It's my, it's my record. favorite non-holiday specific Elvis record. <laughs> Both statements. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not the hugest Elvis fan, uh, but I did like this record. Uh, I'm not crazy about it. I did like it. I'm going to give it a positive. Yeah, I'm on the positive as well. I, if you want soul records, this is probably not where you're gonna look. But it's one of the greatest soul records. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would, you know, a, a thousand, one out of a thousand soul records. I would put Elvis uh, in Memphis. But I do say I do think it kind of elevates. Um, this sort of production and definitely Elvis. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a performer, this is yeah. I think this is one of his very his stronger records. And I like it. He's got some charisma. He's got some something going on there. So yeah, I give him give him a little kudos for not just playing it easy and and trying something a little bit different. Yeah, <clears throat> there's not a bad song on the record like that at all. Like it, I, I was I was really pleasantly surprised by the uh, the whole thing. I, I give it an absolute positive. Um, I, I deduct points for the best songs of yeah. Elvis's career being like ta- not not put on it, but you know, same session, whatever. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a positive. Uh, again, it was sort of a, a new sound that I hadn't heard from Elvis before, and I think it it, it fit him well. Um, and again, even the sounds that you would hear from him, there are a couple just solid country songs on here that are also really good. Yeah, uh, yeah, just straight positive. I'm probably neutral. I liked some of the stuff, but some of it felt kind of hollow and silly to me. So yeah, you'll have Toss that. Up. <laughs> <laughs> Stick around here, ladies. Hey, I've listened to almost all the albums, but four that you've listened to. Well, so I am far. so glad that you're, that you're giving voice to it now. You deserve it. Oh my god, some rough sixty stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next time we'll be talking about the Velvet Underground self-titled album. All right, thanks, y'all. How many hearts could live through all the winters we've known and still not be cold? True love travels on a gravel Travels on the ground